Hey everyone, welcome to the Holtcast. Sorry we missed you last week, but big news since then, Villa are safe. Robert, how do you feel about it? How could, how else could I feel? Uh, fantastic, after the shit season we had. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I saw a tweet today, or last night I guess before I went to bed, from a Sunderland writer, and he's like waking up with that feeling of relief, and I've just been so relieved this whole this whole week just knowing that Villa are safe. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was one of those things that, even with the loss, even if safety wasn't assured, everything still would have really had to be going against us, and I think we could have probably done it this weekend. But it's so nice not to have to care about this weekend's match. Yeah, we, we missed you guys last week, but after that West Ham match, I think that that's what really did it. And getting that win, I mean, it was just 1-0, but I don't know. I think it was a really good good feeling and kind of kind of just caps off what the Sherwood era has kind of been about so far is – I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't been, I guess he has been the savior, but he hasn't been the next coming, I guess. Yeah, and it was an ugly one, though. I think, I think, to my mind, it was the first really ugly win that Villa have gotten under Sherwood. Yeah, I mean, even though the, the Spurs win was a 1-0 and we grinded it out, I think we, we really deserved that one. And I mean, not to say that we didn't deserve the win over West Ham, but it was it was by no means pretty. Yeah. No means like what we saw against Liverpool in the cup where, you know. Ran rampant. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of deserved, 6-1 in Southampton. The way Villa played that day, uh, totally deserved. Totally deserved to get our asses kicked. I knew we were in for a nuking like sometime. It had to happen sometime. So maybe, you know, I don't know if I buy that logic that better now than the FA Cup, but um, – you know, boy, I, I can't see them letting that happen again for a while. Yeah, and I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe that's good to get out of the system. And if you are really worried, well, Arsenal got held by South, or by, excuse me, by Sunderland nil-nil yesterday. So yeah, exactly. So, so prolific. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for indicators of what's to come, um, it's you know pretty pretty bad for them too. They they actually have not had the greatest last few matches. They've. Uh, They've been pretty quiet after that run of eight, you know, wins in a row. Yeah, they'd won eight in a row, and then they got held to a couple draws, and then kind of a fixture buildup at the end of the season for them, so maybe maybe that helps Villa. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're looking forward to that. But against Southampton, um, I know you were driving cross-country and didn't get to see as much of it as you would like, uh, but it was the high line that doomed us, and it sort of brought back memories of those matches against Arsenal earlier in the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I I didn't see it. Uh, it was at 4.45 in the morning in Vegas. I think I doomed us by betting on us. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that high line, I think, even though Akora is really fast and Vlar has shown great pace at times this season, and, I mean, it's like Bakuna's got good speed. Just, it doesn't mean that you can play a high line even if your defenders are pacey. Yeah, so absolutely. You still have to know what you're doing, and it helps to have a sweeper keeper, and, I, I mean, Neither Given nor Guzan really are. No, uh, we we don't have a Neuer on our team. Um, it was it was one of those things. I think the biggest disappointment was not the loss, um, but was the fact that once again we saw Tim Sherwood come out with an idea and seemingly be pretty incapable of adjusting mid match. Um, he came out with that high line, and you know maybe there's not much you can do when you give up three goals in two minutes and. 56 seconds but after that once everything starts to resettle again 
you can stop playing that high line, and he never did. Yeah, it's not like you can just say, oh, okay, like, we, we need a timeout, like, yeah, <laughs> go, if, go talk to lads out in the field, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe this is a, a match where they'll lose 3-1 or something like that. Um, yeah, keep it respectable, though, you know. Yeah, exactly, because you don't have the chance to adjust in, in a three-minute stretch. Maybe he tells them something, although, really, how hard is it to say, push back, lads. Stay, Stop stay doing that. <laughs> Yeah, um, you remember that thing I told you? Let's not do that. I was wrong. Um, yeah, and I mean, you've you've got to have your backup tactic ready, and you could, you should be able to just shout that out, and be it should be able to switch. You should yeah. be able to switch like that. Yeah, that was the single biggest disappointment. Um, yeah, it, it was a crappy match. Everyone played like junk. It was it was the rare confluence of everyone on the pitch playing one of their worst matches of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's unlucky, but sometimes that does happen. Yeah. Uh, you had been mentioning uh, in the build-up to uh, you and I getting ready to record today that maybe that spells the end of Shea Given Premier League keeper. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Just because after after giving up six goals, even though they weren't all his fault or not even close to being his fault, uh, maybe you just change him because that is a big confidence hit, just like when Guzan, I mean, worst mistake of his career. Yeah. against Manchester City. It, it just happened. It was random. Never did it before. He'll, he'll never do something like that again. Yeah, absolutely. And you just give it a change. My only worry with changing at this point, because I actually I still do think Guzan is the better keeper, and I still think Definitely. he's the better option. But I'm pretty convinced that Sherwood is going to go with Given in the FA Cup final. So do you bench Given right before the single biggest match of the year? If you're going to go with him in the cup final, no. You've got to get him back back in some better form and get some confidence against Burnley, who just haven't been able to score at all lately. Yeah, and if Given gets nuked by Burnley, then you realize that, okay, we're going with Guzan at Wembley. Exactly. So I think, I mean, bad situation for Guzan, but just, just because of what happened last time Villa went to Wembley. Mm-hmm. But, or for a cup final, I mean, I guess we, we've been to Wembley and beat Liverpool, but... Yeah, I do. I do feel a little bad for for Brad. Yeah. So I think this is a situation where, because of the FA Cup final coming up, and because of the the supposition that it's going to be given starting, I think you start given against Burnley on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start start whoever you're going to start in the cup, and I, I think mean, unless I mean Burnley come on, but three three in the first half, make a goalkeeper change at halftime. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, you know, get, get Guzan half uh, to play. But, and I think this is one of the things where if Given looks like junk, then you do go with Guzan in the final. Mm-hmm, for sure. You, I you, agree. Say, you say, thanks, Shay, you got us here, but uh, you look like crap right now. Yeah, um, I mean, you're, you're acting your age, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not convinced that he will look like crap, and I'm not convinced that he is a bad choice. Um, and I maybe Burnley's not the best match to even find out, but yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not convinced either. And you know, like like we saw in the cup, maybe Given has done better with this backline because he organizes them better. Because he, I mean, Guzan's a really vocal guy. You see it, and he has good, pretty good aerial command, which is what led Given to giving up that goal against Everton late. But mm-hmm. I don't know. They they both have they both have their positives and negatives. Yeah. Um, Aston Villa Review, I think it was, not this week because they didn't pod, but last week we're talking about the fact that it's really interesting that we've got two keepers who are actually pretty decent, um, 
and neither of them, all of their weaknesses are the other one's strengths. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird that it's like that. Like, they don't complement each other at all. It's, here's one, here's the other, take what you like, you know, choose what three things you like, and that will tell you which keeper you get. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's something you look at depending on what team you're playing, putting that guy into the lineup, you know? Like, say you're playing Stoke, maybe, maybe you definitely want Guzan in there. Yeah, as sort of that bruiser role. Yeah, him. yeah. So we could come out and punch it and collect those crosses near the top of the 18 because Given definitely doesn't have as much mobility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I also sort of tend to think that, you know, while Given has a year left on his contract, we, we're seeing the last days of Shea Given. As I think so. And he, like, he had been in that coaching role a bit before. I, I would definitely like to see him go back to that. Maybe... Maybe not a Sherwood's assistant, maybe a Sherwood's assistant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something along those lines would be good for him. Um, maybe as a trade somewhere, I hear Manchester United is going to be looking for a keeper this summer. Yeah, I don't think they're going to want Victor Valdez. Yeah. Uh, then again, I don't think Shea Given is the answer either. Yeah, back to back to Manchester, but on the other side. I mean, yeah. Son Given, pay him on... Villa's paying should given quite a lot of money and used him a bit at the beginning of his his contract. Not so much in the recent or, I mean now now using him again, but just a little before weren't really using him. But I don't think don't think you can say they didn't get their money's worth with him, even though he was pretty expensive. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I still think he's and you know he's a capable backup at this point. Um, he he doesn't panic me to see him in a match. Um, no, it's it's not like Andy Marshall has to come in or something, you know. <laughs> and of course, we still have Jed Steer out there somewhere. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, and Ben Segrist just got injured, which is bad news. But yeah, poor guy broke his leg. What? He's still he's still twenty three, I think. Yeah, but I think he's out of contract at this, oh. this summer. Yeah, so the poor guy broke his leg just as he's running out of contract. Yeah, that's terrible luck. That's sort of the thing where you you kind of hope. The Villa, you know, do something nice there. You've but, seen it. You've seen Villa do that in the past, though. Like, look at Dolph and Downing. Stick with you know, a player it's, it's through not, injury. And especially, especially someone who's in the youth academy and isn't going to be massively expensive. Exactly. So I, I think that's the kind of player that, you know, if Villa were thinking of holding on to him, now they definitely do and just do it super cheap. Yeah, so there's something random that totally wasn't on the agenda address the Ben Segra situation, but yeah, yeah, just just like we wrote this up, right? Yeah, but um, yeah, I guess sorry, I think it cut you off a little bit on the the Southampton talk earlier. You have any final no, thoughts no, on the match? It was junk. I'm done with it. It's in the past. It you know, there's not much to learn there. Everyone had a terrible day. Uh huh. Benteke still got us some fantasy points. Yeah, absolutely. And the chances of everyone totally having a crap day like that all at the same time again are pretty slim. Um, It it was, you saw in RJ's player ratings, no one got above a four, and it was hard to argue with that. Yeah, exactly. At first I was like, oh, wow, this this is harsh. But then if you think about it, not really. No, it was was pretty fitting. Uh, that, That struck me as really fair. Um, so yeah, it's in the past. We're done with that. Uh, a few hours later, it didn't matter anyway because Tottenham beat Hull for us. Yeah, yeah. Even though our goal difference is terrible now, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and thanks to the London clubs for doing work. We had Arsenal beating Hull and Tottenham beating Hull. 
Yeah, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, we we appreciate it. <laughs> the two clubs that hate each other most, <laughs> uniting in one cause to help Aston Villa to sink Steve Bruce. Maybe, maybe, maybe they will go down alongside with Burnley and QPR, who we already knew were going down. But Hull still thirty four points. Newcastle thirty six points. It's gonna come down to the final day. Yeah, and the thing is, because of the way Newcastle have you know hurt their goal differential, um, if Hull win. Uh, Newcastle have to win. They can't just draw to save exactly, them. exactly. That's that's what I think makes it actually really interesting. Is that a really distinct possibility that Newcastle have just been in a serious rut? I mean, mm-hmm. they've had a bad day at the office. What two months in a row? Yeah. More? Yeah, absolutely. Their their only real hope here is because you know I think. Despite what the bookies give odds for Newcastle, which is uh, overwhelmingly that Newcastle are going to win, which I find really strange given recent form. But despite those odds, I think they're going to be okay, mostly because Hull must win against Manchester United. Yeah, and I mean, maybe Steve Bruce got insider info on his old club, Manchester United, hopefully, because I think it's just a historical last if Newcastle going down. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and it couldn't happen to a better person than John Carver to go down. I'm the best manager in the Premier League. He's such an he's such a blowhard. And especially after, I mean, because Newcastle fans, I think they hate Villa because of what happened, what 2009 when they went down, mm-hmm. and they're they're all rooting for Villa to go down this year and. I mean, I think now some Villa fans are rooting for them to go down because including, just as, including just as John Carver. John Carver was licking his lips at the idea of Aston Villa dropping. Yeah, and now I mean, I just did. I did both Newcastle and Sunderland in relegation poaching this week. Sunderland they've secured their safety, but Newcastle they have the best players of anyone that's been in that series. Who would you take? From Un- them? Undoubtedly, I would take Ayose Perez mm-hmm. first. I don't think we'd get Musa Sissoko, but I would take him. Uh, both both their fullbacks are pretty good. Yanmat at right back, Daryl Yanmat is really good at left back. They have the that Welsh kid. I I don't know. I just forgot what it is. Um, Tim Cruel in goal, pretty good. I think. I mean, Papa Cisse is a bit old. He's like twenty nine or thirty, but mm-hmm. and he has his he has his problems with suspension, which is. One reason I I wouldn't want him because I mean Villa already have the the tendency to get red cards at least they did this season. Yeah, absolutely. I I think you're right though. If there's if there's any team that you actually look at if they drop and say who can we steal, it's Newcastle. Oh, and and even maybe even more importantly, Remy. I think about Remy Cabello the most. Yeah, Paul. Sorry, Paul Dummett is the left yeah, yeah. the left back. He's 23 and maybe not the best left back, but if I mean if you were to get him on the cheap and just to steal someone from Newcastle. No, just just for the sheer joy of stealing someone from Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I think Jose Perez and Remy Cabela are the, the two players I'd want. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, your, your rooting interests for this week, pulling for West Ham. Yeah. To take out just, Newcastle. Just to keep things interesting. Or, or to hold to hold them, but most importantly, hold to beat Manchester United. Yeah, it's true. It's it's really strange to me that um, the only way we care is if Newcastle don't win, 
and if Hull win. Yeah. Right? So if it looks like Hull, you know, if it looks like Newcastle are drawing or losing, that could keep things interesting. If it looks like Hull are winning, that could keep things interesting. If Hull are down to nothing, who cares? It's done. But this is that's the beauty of the final day and playing all the matches at once. It's it should be a lot of fun. Um, I do love NBC billing this as Championship Sunday. Yeah, I thought it, I, it used to be Survival Sunday. I thought, but I don't know. Maybe this since. There's not everyone in the relegation race, I guess, like we've seen in years past. And yeah, but it just it cracks me up. Because, up. You know, the championship that was wrapped up two weeks ago. Maybe they're talking about who's going to go to the championship. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. That makes much more sense. The yeah, the thing is, at least at least Manchester three points behind Arsenal, seven goals behind Arsenal. I mean, they they don't really have a lot to play for. No, yeah, there's there's nothing. There's seven there. points and, out of Liverpool. They can't slip. And thanks to the draw, Manchester City wrapped up second place. Yeah. Um, wrapped up second place. Goal differential wise, Arsenal wrapped up third place. Um, I mean, something fluky could happen, but it would require a seven-goal swing between Arsenal and United. Yeah, and Arsenal have West Brom. Yeah. Um, who who did just take out Chelsea three <laughs> nil? True. <laughs> in one of the strangers, also nothing to play for. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess might be a time where I'm rooting for West Brom. Just demoralize Arsenal. Take him out. No, because then Arsenal would be due for a win. That's true. And le- I mean, Arsenal or West Brom need to to go for the Huttonator technique and just injure everyone. <laughs> If, but, any, if anyone's team could do it, it would be Tony Pulis's team. It, it is really depressing so, to think that Villa could still finish 17th. That's true, but also I was just looking looking at it. If we win and Leicester and Sunderland both don't win, we can move up to 14th. Yeah, which is and nice. that would be that would be huge from a money standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be. That's like uh, that's like another player. Yeah. The, the nicest thing from the money standpoint, though, is the fact that we're actually in the league, which means we'll be there when the new deals start to kick in. Exactly, and, I mean, that, that's huge. That even though, even though Lambert, what he did was bad lately, he did save us a lot of money, so I'm still still thankful to him for that. But I think you had, you had a stat on Lambert versus Sherwood. I was, I was intrigued because... Um, well, the the Southampton match did sort of expose some of Sherwood's problems. I don't think there's any denying the fact that he absolutely, unquestionably saved this club. Um, and I was intrigued because you said, was that his sixth win? Look, and in the league, it was his fifth win. His fifth win in 12 matches, as opposed to Lambert, who had five wins in 25 matches. So Sherwood is winning at twice the right. five wins. Yeah, Sherwood is winning at twice the rate of Paul Lambert, which is sort of incredible if you think about that. Yeah, I, th- I think incredible is an understatement, really, because, yeah, we saw we saw Sherwood come in. He said, all right, I need six wins to save the club, and he wasn't far off. But I was worried that he meant six wins in, in the cup and in the league, and I was like, oh, have we used up all our wins that we're going to get? Because FA Cup final is really that, – that would be – even more than the icing on the cake, I think, oh, yeah. just for, for staying up this year. Um, you, this isn't even fair, but if you just take Sherwood's wins and assume that everything else was losses, which they weren't, but let's just play that route, 
If you do that, he's on pace for a 47-point season. Wow. So, yeah, yeah what, 19? Yeah, I mean, if a 47-point season would get us possibly into the upper half. And the fact that I'm not counting draws in there means that, it, you know, the pace that Sherwood is set right now would definitely have seen Villa into the top 10 this year. Sherwood is like the reverse Sunderland. Like, Sunderland, they have 17 draws this season, 7 wins. Mm-hmm. 13 losses. I think I think next year what we could see with Sherwood is I don't know like seven seven draws or something. I mean d- depending could change depends on what he has to work with. Mm-hmm. What he what he brings in and I don't know what he decides, but we could be one of those teams that we win a lot of games but we lose a lot of ones that we could run. But then again maybe you, you change some of those draws to wins as well. So yeah, absolutely. So it was 12 matches with five draw or five wins and one draw. So not substantially different, but it's 16 points no. in 12 matches. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good return. And 38, that's on pace for a 51-point season. Yeah. That's top 10 finish right there. So what, six, 16 wins and three draws? That's how you get to 51? Yeah, some, well, I mean, since he's on a 1.33 point per game. 16 wins, 3 draws, and 19 losses. That's that's what we'll have next year calling it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, it's it's really interesting. He He's proven that this team has the talent as it stands to be a top 10 club. And those wins were not against slack opposition. I mean, those wins came against the likes of Tottenham and whatnot, and, and good matches against Manchester City. Yeah, good performances, and like Liverpool in the Cup, that was a great performance. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, I mean, even even beating West Ham 1-0, that's a good result, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the kind of thing you need. So, you know, with Sherwood around, I, I actually wonder if this could be a top-10 club. But the big question is, like you said, what does he do in the summer? Yeah, and I think I think a big big selling point for Christian Ben. Who's been all over the news lately, and all over our Twitter questions, which we're going to get to in a second, is will he stay? I don't know. Personally, I think he's going to stay, but some of that could depend on if Villa get to get to Europe, get to the Europa League, win the FA Cup, and I mean I, I, that's a big selling point. Yeah, I also like uh, the way Tim Sherwood's been talking, which is you know we'll sell if we get the right price, but no one can afford him. Yeah, and personally, I I still think fifty million is the right price. Yeah, but um, and and I've written, I wrote what back, I don't know, maybe back in January, February, or something about how Selig Benteke is what the club needs to do. But then again, that's before you just want to tear and save us again. Yeah. So, and, I don't and know. the interesting thing is, I maybe fifty million is a little high, but I almost agree with you on fifty million. Is Benteke worth fifty million? No. But when could you, you get fifty million from another English club? Maybe. I don't know. Since he's not English, it may bring him down a little bit. Um, but but I think it's still the right price because the right price doesn't mean what he's worth. It means what's the right price for Aston Villa to sell him at. Yeah, was Gareth Bale worth all that money? No. If someone comes in and offers $50 million, that's oh. the point at which you go, sure, okay. Because you can... You can pay $20 million for another striker that will replace Benteke, and then you've got $30 million left to bank and build on. Exactly. And it was, it was like a tweet from Aaron I saw a while ago, and it was, it was like, 
eventually someone's going to accept my 50 million counteroffer for Benteke and then I'm going to be totally effed like in, mm -hmm. in FIFA. And like, yeah, that, yeah, of course that's what happened to me before. And I mean, it's hilarious, but it's true. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I don't think they'll be screwed because not necessarily replace him, but you could get another, another striker. And if you can go out and spend 15 or 20 million on a striker, you're going to get someone good. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you mentioned the Twitter questions, and it's it's really interesting. Um, all the three of the first four that we got were all about Benteke. Where will he play next season? What will he do to celebrate his hat trick against Arsenal? Haha. -ha. And what alternatives are there for Sherwood to convince Benteke to stay? Um, to convince him to stay, I think the easiest alternative is look at how you played under me, lad. I think an, another one is also uh, we're going to bring in other quality players into the squad and we're going to get to Europe next year. And if not, okay, thank you. You've been great service to the future. Hopefully someone outside of England, but if not, well, you deserved it and we're going to cash in. Yeah, absolutely. Or take a look at us in January. If we're not doing well, exactly, we'll exactly. That's and I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm just. I've been really surprised at everyone just instantly flipping from, because for for about a month there, it felt like we all sort of seemed safe that Benteke would stick around for next season. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, next next season, I think it's it's make or break. Like and, for, and now for it's career. now the narrative is flipped and everyone just sort of assumes Benteke is leaving if we don't win the FA Cup. And I, I'm not sure I totally buy that. I, I'm not sure either. Um, I So they, they seem like sort of false questions to me. Assuming you do sell him, though, use that money for a Charlie Austin type or something along those lines. Exactly. And we, we just had an article up on the site this week about sure targeting Charlie Austin and I think QPR would probably accept 15 million for him, seeing as they're going down. And Charlie Austin, he's he's really a, a player who I would like to see in a Villa shirt. He's a good size, six foot two, can score with his head, score with his feet. He he seems to get in the right place at the right time, like when he scored against us. Yeah, they're going down, and they have massive fines to pay. Exactly, um, they need to they need to soften the blow. So they'll be looking for some money, but they need. I mean. Charlie Austin's not going to go to a Champions League team. I mean, did you see that that article that there was consideration that the championship wouldn't allow QPR to play? Oh my God, that would be amazing. Like, and and it turned out the championship said no, we'll take them. But even the simple fact that that was considered. Exactly. Like, good God, you guys are screwed. I mean, um, QPR have some other players who who I like as well. I think Leroy Fair. I know I won him last year from Norwich, but yeah. Him, him in the field. I wonder if he'd go back to Norwich. Well, I guess they're not going to go up. Yeah, uh, I guess my problem with Leroy Fair at this point is two teams in a row that he's been a relegation player on. Yeah, but uh, really, really, I don't think Villa are going to be in the relegation picture at all next year. Finger, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's the albatross around those teams. Next. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. That's that's two teams in a row that had him in common. Uh, yeah, I I don't think we play with that fire or that fair. Ha! 
I don't think uh, correlation implies causation, but... No, it, it certainly doesn't, but... And I guess that, that leads us to our next question from Mark Bannister at 1874 FC. No Hulk has last week. Do you feel personally responsible for the 6-1 hammering? If not, why not? I, I mean, I, I said I didn't feel responsible just be, because I bet on Villa, but not because we don't best. Yeah, I think it's more the betting on Villa. Uh, yeah, which is the point. Which that, like, we're we we're fucked because I I put a bet on the FA Cup and I put one on for you, Robert. Yeah, when, <laughs> I you were in Vegas and you told me you bet on the cup and I said, oh well, hell, if you're there, will you bet for me? And you graciously obliged. So Jack and I are looking to use our winnings, uh, one Villa win, in ninety, correct? Yeah, in in ninety, and I also have um, it's I also got Barca to win the Champions League final oh, with it, God. so. It's it's like Villa? ten to one. I was I was like mm. Vegas. Vegas has shit odds. Never bet on sports in America because yeah. all the bookies are terrible. Yeah, the odds. But, were also, rough. side note: if if anyone can um, set me up like a, a bet three six five account or something, I'll give you like twenty quid. I just, <laughs> I, need just a, I need a foreign address. He's <laughs> I'll just pay you the money. joking, federal agents. There's yeah. he does not mean that. He's joking. Don't come raiding Jack's house. God, it's so dumb that we can't bet on sports here. No, but we have FanDuel where you can do a one-day fantasy league. So yeah. just do a coin flip for fifty dollars when you can. Okay. Yeah. All right. We, we could go get on a podcast about that for days. But um, yeah. Anyways, other other transfer business for the summer. We signed Scott Sinclair permanently, which I was really happy about. I mean, started off a lot better. His Velcro started off a lot better, but. He's still been a pretty useful player, and I mean, I think I think Charles and Zogbia's Villa career, while it's been revived, I think that's going to be short-lived. Yeah. And especially with Jack Grealish, the emergence of him. The thing that was really surprising to me was that uh, signing Scott Sinclair was not a choice, but rather an obligation. Really? I didn't know that it had been written into his contract, that it was, if Villa survived, they must purchase Sinclair. Oh, okay, so... Well, he didn't do it himself, but he, he did score some important goals in the cup. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I have no problem with him. I think maybe 2.5 is a little high for him, but, I, you know. Oh, it's that survival money. Yeah, exactly. And I would have paid two for him. So, really, I'm quibbling over half a million here, which is not worth yeah. quibbling over. Yeah, you're, come on, Robert. Just pay the half a million. You got it. Like, <laughs> right? Just yeah, absolutely. Look in, look in the couch learner. Like, <laughs> It's so funny what football does to our sense of economics. Like, two normal human beings, we're like, holy shit, half a million pounds. And to a football club, it's like, yeah, just fork it over. Whatever, it's half a million. Uh, it's sort of bizarre to yeah. me. Um, so, yeah, we've got that transfer yeah. business. Uh, um, you know, there's the question of Tom Cleverly. He, everything he said seems to make it look like he's happy to stay. Tim Sherwood would want him here. Exactly. He's, he's Sign playing. for us or I won't play you in the FA Cup final. Yeah, that'd be quite the ultimatum. I mean, I'm not sure Not sure if we could do that. I think we still need him either way. But, I mean, yeah, some speculation. What, Paul Scholes said Everton? Like, piss off. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. One, I'm not sure if you'd get into Everton's team because even though they've, they've had a down year, they still have some great players. And, I mean, he wouldn't be guaranteed starting, but... I think he'd think he'd be a squad rotation player, but yeah, I mean he's playing so well under Lambert. Why would you change it up? Yeah, absolutely. And with 
the knowledge that he's playing right next to a guy who seems to be a pretty regular England midfielder now, Fabian Delph, you know, why not add incentive for England to choose cleverly, right? Oh, if we exactly, can, exactly. Look at a pair that know how to work together. Yeah, look at look at how I don't know that like this. It's stupid to compare England to Spain, but Spain with with all the Barca players that was a total total reason for their success. Germany a bit a bit with the Bayern players. They they had quite a few of them, but I mean I think it's just it's I don't know. You play ultimate team. You have the the chemistry of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... I don't know. I, I I think cleverly sticks around, and and I think it's it's good business, and and we can sweeten the wage pot a little for the fact that we're not having to pay a fee for him. Exactly. I mean, yeah, and of course we've talked about it a million times, but we didn't want him signed permanently in January just because that fee was expensive. He wasn't playing amazingly, and thirdly, he was going to be free in the summer. Yeah, and and in January, if you would ask me, do you sign Tom cleverly? The answer is no, unequivocally no. He was no, jumping. even if we swapped up for Vlar, who we, we wanted to pop off and left Manchester United when he was on the training table for two years consecutively. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's you know. So I I think I think he's our other business. Other than that, a left back needs to come in. Left back, definitely. I think I think that can be agreed upon. And I don't know, is there someone out there that has one good left back that they'll trade for four average ones? Because what well, we have, Joe <laughs> Bennett, Antonio Luna. <laughs> Uh, Kieran Richardson and Ali Sissoko. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe we could pry. I still wish we would have gotten Aaron Cresswell. Cresswell, yeah. He was, He was. I think, at, at, at the top of my list last summer. I mean, Bertrand would have been amazing. He's, he had but a great season for Southampton. He was so clearly Southern. unhappy here. That, yeah, he, yeah he, I mean, he won a Champions League medal. I think, I mean, kind of, kind of deserves to at least be playing in Europe again, like with Southampton, but yeah. Um, I Cresswell, I think is the big missed opportunity. I think if there's any way you can get him off of West Ham, you do it. I think, I think West Ham could lose some players because if, if big Sam, his contracts out, if he leaves I me, mean, who knows? Yeah. It could be, who knows what, who they appoint, what their goal is. Maybe next season, they'll just be, just try to scrape by and survive. Did you, did you see the rumors of Rafa coming to West Ham? Yeah, that, that would be hilarious. Like, like legitimate rumors, not just yeah. some bullshit made up. Like, I can't even begin to comprehend the idea of Rafa Benitez at, at West Ham. Yeah, I, I would. It, it would be amazing. It, I think Aston Villa review. I think they would start watching West Ham. I <laughs> because everyone would be watching West Ham. Honestly, I I don't know why he would. I I mean, there's been that rumor for years that he wants to get back to the Premier League. Yeah, I don't um, think that's the right club to do it. I mean, maybe he'll make more money than he does at Napoli, but that's because it'll... Just hold your breath. Louis Van Hall is, is you know, a bad month away from being sacked. Yeah, seriously. And <laughs> I mean... Maybe being re- replaced by Pep, but... Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think we need a left back. I don't know who. I, I would love to see Creswell. I don't think that happens. Um... I really like Cresswell. I don't know why. He's one of my favorite players in Football Manager. Puts in a lot of crosses. Yeah. I always try to go in for him in Football Manager, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess um, the last last thing I had on on the agenda was Carlos Hill, who, according to our Slack conversations between 7,500 whole writers, no one thinks he's staying. No, I don't think so, which is a shame. Which is, yeah. 
Uh, I'm massively disappointed, but... I was thinking of it the other day. I think he is going to be Tim Sherwood's Jean McCoon. Oh, my God. Why do you have to mention that? But tell me <laughs> there's not some similarity. Yeah, really. yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I wish we would have had Jean McCoon. I think he was he's a really great player. I always used him in FIFA, but... And really, I know uh, I, I don't. Th I don't think Kirsten watches or listens to this, but uh, Michael Bradley as well. Yo, yeah, absolutely. Which I mean, he's obviously massively overrated because he's like America's second best player, I guess. But mm -hmm. third, I guess if you if you count Tim Howard, Tim Howard is America's number <laughs> one player ever. But um, yeah, I don't know. Was, yeah, uh, I I I think Hill's gone, which is a is a shame. But, but I think we'll be able to get get back however much we paid for him. Close. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think we're going to end up losing anything or or very little if we do. Yeah. So it was an experiment that was nice. Um, I think we'll look back and regret the fact that we don't use him more or didn't use him more. But I'm pretty sure he's gone. Yeah, he got me like half a million loops on Vine. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. yeah, and then before they took the Vine down, that was wow. That was such a great goal. It was your it was your greatest social media moment ever. It was. I had like four hundred retweets. So I was like, wow. Nicely done. Uh, <laughs> wow. I didn't realize he was good for that much. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I was he, just the first person first person to put the the goal vine out. He looked so lovable. I I liked him so much. He did. Yeah, and I I think I don't know. I think I would really like to see him in Grealish play. I hope he at least gets a chance in preseason training and. And wows the crap out of Sherwood. Yeah, because I don't know. Was I won't play him because he's a lumber signing or you know whatever. Like swallowed pride to me, like for once. Yeah, it was a little bit weird. You know, he he complained about the fact, or, or there were rumors. I don't know if it actually was an official quote, um, but he complained about the fact that Bent was loaned out and he really could have used Bent. And then when Bent was eligible, Darren Bentie. Yeah, Darren Bentie. <laughs> Now, now that Bent was eligible again, he told him, "Nah, piss off. We don't need you." Yeah, yeah, but at the at the at the time when he would have came back, is ah, uh, you don't want to mess up the chemistry we're rolling. Yeah. Before Bent mm, is not doing anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm glad Darren Bent era is over, even though I've his signature on a Darren Bent Villa kit, but. <laughs> It's fine. You can wear that with pride. He saved us yeah. one there. It's a it's it's a nice shirt. It's the white checkerboard one. The away from. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, finally, I think Burnley this weekend glorified friendly. Yeah, yeah, glorified friendly. Burnley are down. Villa are up, which which is a relief because going into it, looking at it a couple months ago, even a month ago, oh shit, this this one could really decide. The fate for both of these clubs. Yeah. Both the both the Clarets and the Claret and Blues. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was looking sort of horrifying. Um, but it's a glorified friendly. I hope we get to see some youth players. Um, a little part of me really wants to see Russian Hepburn Murphy again. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I just I kind of adore that kid. Maybe this is the game where Grealish gets his goal finally. Uh, yeah, although it might as well wait another week, just because it's it would be a bit of an anticlimax in this. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe you would get more confidence. So, although then again, think of what the atmosphere is going to be like. We're safe after a crap season. Everyone's going to be singing about going to Wembley. Yeah, um, yeah. Just just don't run on the pitch. The the fans are going to <laughs> are going to 
you know, love the lap of honor at the end of the game. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I was thinking of writing this sometime before the FA Cup final because I don't want people to think, you know, if Villa win, that's the only reason I'm writing. This is the most enjoyable and likable Villa team that we've had in a while. I think so. This this and this bunch under Sherwood. Yeah. Under Sherwood came, he came and just and it may be just, you know, confirmation bias or or the fact that it's really recent, but he flipped the attitude. I love this team right now. Um, yeah, it was it was such a like a poisonous feeling around Villa Park. Yeah, as so, late days of Lambert. Yeah, this may not be the best team for a while, but just just because of the fact that it feels like a breath of fresh air and because they got to Wembley and, you know, did so in, in such fun fashion. It's the most enjoyable Villa team in ages. I think the atmosphere is going to be crazy on Sunday for a yeah, meaningless I mean, it's, match. There's definitely an argument that it's the best team, at least since, since nine, 2009, 10, 10, 11, when they what, finished 10th. But Yeah, could be. And, um, I mean, next they'll really have the chance to prove it next year, I guess. Yeah, the best team, the best Villa team of this decade. The best Villa team that I've been a Villa fan for. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, but they're enjoyable. They're fun to watch. I think the atmosphere is going to be incredible because uh, the fans really got behind Tim Sherwood. Definitely. And they really got behind the team, and the team really got behind him. Um, yeah, so. which, which was important. If the team doesn't buy into the new man, oh, good luck. Yeah, exactly. So I think Sunday should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's nice that it doesn't mean anything. It's nice that if we want to, we can rest some players. Maybe give them yeah, that was, they are. That was kind of the question. I do you want to rest the players? Because I mean, an injury injury to Benteke would be devastating. Yeah, Delph, Agora, or Vilar because we don't have any other freaking center backs. Nathan Baker was back training last week. Yeah, so so he's I, good yeah, I saw he's, he still still might miss out. I mean, maybe he'll make the bench for the cup final, but yeah, and he's good for five minutes until he re-injures himself. Yes, but okay. I mean, I guess that's really the only question. But yeah, it's all the games at that time on Sunday, and then uh, next week we'll have FA Cup show. So talking about that recap, kind of recap of the season and a little bit, and then FA Cup. Yeah, just as a preview, look ahead to next week because uh, we are going to have wall-to-wall coverage, and we're going to be doing it in coordination with the Short Fuse, SB Nation's Arsenal blog. Yeah, so big, big FA Cup blowout. So. Yeah, we're, we're going to do all sorts of stuff next week. Uh, we've got some awesome graphic stuff coming from Bennett. Uh, we've got some great graphic stuff coming from Alvin, too. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week in the FA Cup. I think it's going to be – I think we're going to do some amazing coverage next week. Definitely. And even though this, this weekend's match isn't as big, we'll still have all the coverage for you at 7500tohold.com, so be sure. If you've already, you probably already like us on Facebook because Facebook's been blowing up lately, and follow us on Twitter for sure. But, uh, yeah, keep keep checking the site. We'll have the, the match previews for you as well as live coverage during the match. So for Robert Lintot, I've been Jack Grimsey. Thanks for listening to the